0: Justin Kazepis with Today's Real Talk, todaysrealtalk.com, alongside Mike Ariola of the USSBA. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Tell people a little bit about you, and then let's get rolling on the
1: SBA. Yeah, glad to, and thank you so much for having me, Justin. Glad to be here. Yeah, I um, have been in North Carolina for about 17 years. I started my SBA career here in this state. Uh, as the SBA officer for Asheville for 10 years, moved to Charlotte eight years ago to become the deputy, and earlier this year became the district director for the Small Business Administration, serving all 900,000 small businesses throughout the glorious state of North Carolina.
0: Mike, in North Carolina specifically, where is the SBA office and where are you
1: located? Yeah, there's only 12 of us serving the whole state, The district office, the main office is based in Charlotte. That's where nine of us are located. And then we have one person satellite offices in Asheville, my old gig, uh, a one person satellite office in Raleigh and one in Wilmington, all to serve those areas of the state. And it used to be that we didn't have those three satellite offices. Uh, I was one of the first in the country in 04 when I opened up the Asheville office. And it's sort of like this, at that time, it was sort of like a new thing to get SBA people farther afield. To be, you know, a little bit more in touch with businesses that might have a tough time coming to visit us in Charlotte. Mike, do you think that
0: Charlotte, in particular, is the hub of business in North Carolina, or where do you think that is?
1: Uh, there's, there's like five metro major metro areas where you will find uh, the biggest concentrations of business activity generally, and yeah. that's where you find well, you'll find the small business activity. Uh, Mecklenburg County, Wake County, which I believe surpassed Mecklenburg County in population by about 10,000 or so, not by much. Um, and then, of course, well, of course, there's Charlotte area, Raleigh area, Greensboro area, Fayetteville, and then Asheville, Wilmington. Those would be where you where you would find um, the greatest sort of um, uh, concentration and volume of business transactional activity in the state of North Carolina.
0: So so you're saying economic activity is happening all across the state of North Carolina. What do you do? Do you think that in the past two years, there has been a significant increase of economic activity in North Carolina?
1: Uh, the last two years would stretch back uh, about six months prior to the pandemic. So, yeah, I would say two years ago, things were very much on the upswing. And then within the last 18 months, of course, is when. Uh, we've all encountered these shutdowns and such. So a great deal of economic activity was constrained. But we're starting to see a rebound for sure, uh, particularly with um, uh, the number of um, folks that are getting vaccinated, the reduction in hospitalizations. There are still some areas of concern. But of course, our ability to rebound fully as a state economically is going to de- be dependent upon how well we can con- we can contain the, the COVID pandemic.
0: Mike, how closely do you work with the North Carolina state legislator or the SBA office? Do you guys have a hand in glove partnership at all with the legislator at the state given, you know, you guys are the federal side, right? Let's be honest. And then there's the state side. And there's definitely been that crossover during the pandemic of, you know, who's in control, what are the levels, et cetera, et cetera. How tight are you guys in the local district office with the state legislator?
1: Um, with the state legislature, we, we do get inquiries from them uh, for, on behalf of some of their constituents uh, who might need a little bit of help from SBA. Um, we are a federal agency, so we are accountable to our, our congressional delegation. So I'm in touch with them quite a bit. <laughs> I would say at the state level, we are more, um, we're a lot tighter with some of the individual agencies. The North Carolina Hub Office, which operates as part of the Department of Administration, The Office of Historically Underutilized Businesses, that is like the state um, government procurement program for socially and economically disadvantaged businesses. And we have had a very fruitful partnership with them by showcasing our programs and resources for all of their minority and women-owned firms. So that partnership has been very strong. We also work with uh, Economic Development Partnership of North Carolina. We provide them um, funding and they can, Uh, underwrite the state trade export program, which enables small businesses to tap into foreign markets. So our relationship with the state government is usually at the agency level where, you know, we've got some very strong relationships going on with those folks.
0: Let's talk then about the different programs and how the SBA works um, in the real world. Uh, Do Do you guys just give out a bunch of money or or what's the SBA doing these days? Tell me about that.
1: Yeah, there are three core programs that we have available to to help small businesses. First is our SBA loans, our regular SBA loans. Uh, And it used to be a long time ago, I would say maybe about 20 years ago, we could actually lend money directly for non-disaster purposes. Now how we work is strictly in partnership with banks, credit unions, other types of lenders to provide a government guarantee on a loan that somebody would want to apply for through, uh, through their local bank of account or other lender. So it's a guarantee of the US government. So it's a very strong inducement for lenders to make these loans that they otherwise wouldn't have the wherewithal to do. Think of it as like training wheels. Get an SBA guaranteed loan from your local bank of account. Then after you've made payments, you can then see about getting a loan directly from your bank of account. So we're not intending to compete with banks, but we're a very strong partner of theirs to enable them to make the loans that they otherwise wouldn't have the appetite to do. classic example is a startup restaurant. Those are the riskiest types of enterprises uh, to get financed. And and lenders uh, understand this because, um, you know, restaurants generally um, don't have the longevity that they like to see. But provided they've got an application from you know somebody with a wealth of experience, sufficient collateral, decent business plan, they would be willing to do that, but only with an SBA guarantee because generally they don't like to do startups, generally they don't like to do restaurants. So that's kind of an example of how our loans work in real life. There's other things that we do. So there's financing. We do counseling and training too. We do a little bit of training through our own office. We've got this program called Emerging Leaders where small business owners kind of uh, take a break. uh, Every other Tuesday from April through October for about three hours, they take advantage of a professional trainer, subject matter experts on things like sales, marketing, financing. And at the end of that whole cycle, they come up with a a growth action plan. And all through the while, they've got the benefit of interacting with peers. We've been doing that for about six years here in Charlotte. It's free of charge. You have to apply, you know, and competitively um, amongst with the other applicants. And if we admit you, um, we have had nothing but good, um, good things to say on the part of our alumni. So we do some counseling and training ourselves. Most of our counseling and training is done through the four partners that we sponsor, the Small Business and Technology Development Center, which uh, we've got 15 of those, co-hosted with the University of North Carolina System Business Schools. Uh, We've got the 10 chapters of SCORE, which you might've heard of, the volunteer counselors that are there to mentor folks throughout the life cycle of the business. We've got five women's business centers in the state to help the women's population. And we have, I think, the most women's, women's business centers of any district in the country, which is a good reflection as to the health and vitality of women's entrepreneurship. And finally, we've got the One Veterans Business Outreach Center to help our veterans population center. So we've got loans, we've got counseling and training, and finally, we've got procurement uh, programs to help small businesses tap into the federal contracting marketplace.
0: Interesting. So you guys do more than probably what I I would assume most people believe you guys do, which I, I would believe the majority of the work is loans, right? But counseling and helping people move forward in their business, right, is almost just as important as the loan in itself, because if, if you can't truly move your business forward, then, then you can't repay the loan, right? So those probably go hand in hand a lot of the times.
1: I would say the business plan aspect of it is fundamental. I mean, unless you've got a roadmap set out for yourself and your business, getting money is, is could be you know fatal. It could very well backfire if you don't know, if you haven't kind of sharpened your pencil, and determine you know, what exactly you're gonna need to tide you over until you start breaking even. You know, in, in our line of work, we say um, fail to plan and you plan to fail. Yeah, uh, very important kind of rule of thumb.
0: If, you, if you've never written a business plan before, let's say I, just have, I have this idea, Mike, I have a great idea for a business, can I just come to the SBA from without getting entered into the program, right, the official application program or anything like that? Do you have tools for me just as a business owner that I can utilize in starting or thinking through the process of my business?
1: Yeah, I think that's where our SCORE counselors really come in handy because they can just kind of sit, sit down, talk to you, kind of give you feedback. Have you thought about this, Justin? How about this? What's your market? Do you have a primary market that you're going after? Do you have a secondary or backup market in case that doesn't quite materialize? Have you thought about um, you know, how you're going to keep your books? Are you going to hire one person to do the bookkeeping as well as writing you know, writing the checks, which is a big no-no? You need that aspect of control there because uh, uh, you know, the books are very, very important. So uh, folks can come see our SCORE counselors at any time. They can visit us first online at sba.gov because we've got lots of resources to help, sort of like the prospective small business owner who's maybe thinking about it. Uh, we do have a learning center dedicated with, uh, dedicated for folks interested in starting and running a business that they can take a look at with uh, different kinds of course offerings as well.
0: You, it's funny because you mentioned score and, and I, I had a, I had a counselor at score, Mike, and i be honest with you. I, I forgot that that was part of the SBA when I went there because it felt so localized. I went into the Charlotte office, um, on, uh, I believe it was Tyvola right near South park. And, uh, I went in there. I met with a counselor face to face. I brought my business materials. They went through it with me. They actually cared and gave me real feedback. And these were professionals who, have been business owners themselves. They, they're actual people who get what it's like to be in whatever phase of business that I'm in. And I remember going, because I was at a point in my business of, of do I go one way or do I go another, right? And it was kind of that time where you really want someone to bounce ideas off of that. Maybe the people that are in your circle, while they're great people and great friends, they're not necessarily where you're at in, from in a business perspective. So you need somebody outside of your normal circle to ask. And it was honest feedback. And so I really appreciate that. So that that's quite amazing.
1: Yeah, and that's the cool thing about all of our resource partners. Um, you know, each of them have different skill sets. Each of them have different life experiences. It kind of depends upon where you are in your, in your business life cycle and what kind of expertise you're, you need. Uh, SCORE is really perfect for that because as you said, they know the road as entrepreneurs themselves. If you've been in business for a while and you want to explore, say, uh, international trade, And SBTDC has uh, has devoted um, counselors uh, whose expertise is exactly in that area. And and exporting and international trade, that's just one of their specialty areas. If you were more into the mode of, hey, you know, I'm a woman entrepreneur, I want to just expand my network of like-minded entrepreneurs. And I kind of um, would uh, also just kind of value the fellowship. Being amongst women entrepreneurs, the women's business centers would be right up your alley. And then finally, the Veterans Entrepreneur Business Outreach Center, uh, similarly for veterans and and their kindred spirits is available. Um, And they can can connect folks with uh, workshop and other learning opportunities as well.
0: Mike, let's get down to brass tacks. Uh, People want to borrow money they need it as business owners right cap access to capital we've talked about a couple episodes about investing right and and real estate and and what it takes to uh, make money. And and the reality is, is sometimes you've got to have money to make money, right? The old saying goes. And so access to capital for a small business uh, can be a little bit difficult. So walk us through the, the loan programs. Let's start with the one that I've heard most of all, and that's 7A. That's the program I have heard of uh, most of the time, whether it be at the real estate firm, right? Or other business entrepreneurs that I know, they talk about the
1: 7A program. What is it? 7A Guarantee Program works like this. You walk into your bank or credit union and you apply for your business loan and your your lender could render one of three possible decisions. Yeah, no problem. We'll approve your loan outright. Hey, great. That's the best of all worlds. The second uh, possibility is no, I'm afraid we need to deny your loan application because of marginal credit or um, you're in the type of industry that we are avoiding for policy purposes at this time. Uh, And the the third possibility is your lender could say, yeah, we're willing to make this loan, but you know what? We're gonna apply to the SBA for a government guarantee uh, because you're too young in business or because you're like one of those high risk industries like restaurants. And so when that happens, the lender makes their, their application to us for our guarantee. And if we approve it, we stand off to the side of is like your co-signer, ready to make payment in case you're not able to do that. So that mechanically is how the program works. Um, I want to touch on how you open this conversation by saying you need to have money in order to get money. Yeah. Let's take the example of a startup business. Usually what you want to do is uh, the easy thing is just to kind of jot down all the various assets I need to start up that business. Whatever that total is, figure that you're going to want to be able to cough up 20 as a rule of thumb of your own capital, and then approach your lender with the idea of of having them finance 80%. Um, It is extremely rare to approach any lender with the idea of 100% startup financing and get it because uh, in almost all cases, your lender and SBA, we're gonna look to, to you to have some skin in the game. So we do require you to have some money, not tons of money, such that the SBA loan portion is only thirty or forty percent. That's kind of what what not our mission, but we do uh, expect some kind of of your own contribution out of your own pocket um, towards that total financing package.
0: For the seven A program, is there a minimum and maximum loan amount, or is could it be ten million dollars? If I had a good enough business idea, Mike, and and it might be a restaurant, but if it's if it's worth ten million. Would you guys lend on $10 million? Um,
1: Our maximum loan is $5 million. Okay. So, um, however, there is the SBA 504 loan program where the total financing package can be a lot higher. And the SBA portion, uh, let me tell you a little bit how the 504 program works. It's strictly for land and building uh, or very large pieces of machinery. So fixed assets is what the 504 program is all about. And if you visualize a pie chart, 50% of the financing is done by a private sector lender, like a bank. They take the first deed of trust. So lenders like it because they're doubly secured. Usually about 10% of that pie is your capital. So 10% out of your own pocket, that's pretty good compared to what lenders are ordinarily going to require you. And then the rest, the balance about 40% is done by an SBA lending partner. Called a certified development company and they can do fixed rates up to 25 years i think last i heard the, the rate of interest was two point something percent for the sba portion of so very wow. very um very uh very humongous benefits for folks in terms of low down payment and low fixed rate and lenders are in have a very strong inducement to make the loan because they're doubly secured now that total financing paycheck can be way above five million because our portion is limited to, I, I believe it's 5 million uh, on our portion. So if we're only doing 40%, potentially you've got you know a very large, you can do a project up to 30 million as long as the bank is willing to take that huge chip, huge chunk and our portion is limited to 5 million or whatever the maximum happens to be on that project.
0: What does SBA um, look for, generally speaking, when they get per- call from a, from a local bank and, and they say, hey, we've got this applicant, we think they're right there on the underwriting requirements for um, either program, let's say 7A or 504. Are, are the underwriting requirements the same on both programs as far as from the individual borrower perspective or are there differences that you look for?
1: we and our lenders uh let me cover two things first it's eligibility but also credit underwriting let me talk about the credit credit underwriting piece uh first we and our lenders look at the same things the five c's of credit um first and most important is your character as as demonstrated in your credit history second is capital how much of your own capital do you have to bring to the table or do you have invested in your existing company so Taking a look at the net worth on your balance sheet is key. Uh, we also take a look at uh, collateral considerations. Uh, the, the conditions, operating conditions surrounding your business, is the market favorable or not so favorable to your business idea? And fifth C, the fifth C of credit is cash flow. You know, do you have, um, in our view, sufficient cash flow to repay the debt as well as the existing debt burden? So we and our lenders look at the same five C's of credit. Before we get there, We need to establish that it's an eligible type of enterprise. So we typically get calls from the bank saying, hey, I've got this kind of business in mind. Is this eligible? And we'd say, yeah, we just kind of, you know, from from our memory or our handbooks, yeah, this is eligible or no, this is not eligible. Let me give you an example of entities that are not eligible. For regular SBA loans, nonprofits are not eligible. Passive rental. Uh, businesses like apartments or commercial rentals uh, are not eligible either because, in SBA's mission, we want to help small businesses that A, contribute to the tax base, hence no nonprofits, and B, create jobs, hence no passive uh, income kind of um, businesses. Uh, there are other things that come into play, um, uh, sort of uh, pyramid, <coughs> excuse me. Pyramid type um, businesses, and when I say pyramid, I mean it in a non, in a value, in a in a value free, judgment free way. Pyra- a pyramid uh, type of operation could be Amway or Avon. But they're, they're you totally mean
0: multi level marketing, Mike? I think is the go. term. There you the, go. That's a better yeah, way to yeah. say it. I've been to a few. I've been. My friends have called me to a few of those meetings before, Mike, and I know the play that happens at those. So I'm not. A, yeah, I'm with you.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So those would not be eligible. Um, and those are the ones that, that tend to come up, um, you know, most often perhaps. Yeah. So
0: when, when you get the, the, the relationship then between you and the localized banks, is it, is it, are, how do they get on an approval list? How does a bank get on an SBA list? Do they have to be, or can any bank call up the SBA and say, Hey, would you guys mind l- lending to this borrower? How does that process work?
1: We have our conversations with whoever wants to apply and we say, well, we've got this form, basic form called a seven form 750 agreement. It's like two pages that authorizes uh, the lender to make SBA loans. Each of us signs that and and we start. Um, Before we get there, we make sure that the lender whether it's a bank or a credit union or some other kind of entity uh, is, um, you know has some type of regulatory authority that we can go to if we had concerns about their uh, operations. Banks are all insured by FDIC with credit unions. Uh, most of them are governed by the National uh, Credit Union Association um, and then other types of lenders have their own kind of regulatory authorities. So we check them out and if everything checks out then we go ahead and sign them up and we start making loans. Uh, we make sure that they we make sure that our lending specialists visit them and you know, does a little bit of lender training just to make sure that they're comfortable with the regs and that sort of thing. And then whoever that lending specialist is at SBA is going to be their lifelong partner. You know, If they have any questions, they'll call up one of our finance people uh, as to, you know, hey, is this deal eligible? Or can I charge this rate? Or can I do this kind of term? So that's how we work with all of our lenders. We, we usually have all offices across the country usually has at least one dedicated person that can serve those lenders. And here in North Carolina, we do have one.
0: When, you, when someone calls you up and let's say they start rather with their local bank and start with SBA instead, do you guys provide referrals to banks or do you say, hey, go find your own bank and then we'll be in touch? How do you guys do it from that end?
1: There's a couple of, couple of ways to answer that. The first thing that, that comes out of my mouth is wherever you have your bank accounts, that's the lender you should go through first or you know, your uh, checking account through a credit union, you should apply through them first. Um, and if they're not in a position that your only recourse is to go to another lender because we don't lend any money directly. Uh, we do have a list of North Carolina based lenders on our website, sba.gov NC, that folks can take a look at if they're not sure if their lender is an authorized uh, SBA lender. And there's also something called lender match sba.gov slash lender match. The kind that operates is like match.com, you know, connecting a borrower with a lender. You go on, you type in a couple of, uh, for a couple of prompts, you know, how much you want, where you located, um, uh, what's the purpose of the loans. And every lender that has, you know, checked off the boxes, yeah, I'm willing to do all small businesses in North Carolina looking for loans of 20,000 and above. Anybody with those various search criteria will then, uh, will then have the option to hit you back within 48 hours. Um, and yeah, we found, a lot of our lenders have found that to be a terrific way to generate leads. I would imagine
0: so, because if you just direct them to your site, and then they, as long as their their profile, we'll call it right, the bank's profile within the search parameters is accurate, absolutely, because there's nothing wrong with getting an SBA loan. I think that sometimes there's a... The uh, um, stigma, we'll say, right, that that SBA means that you you really don't have the credibility to get a loan. But at the end of the day, I've closed some, Mike, between you and me that that were substantial numbers close to that five million mark. And that's real money. That's real cash at the table
1: for sure. There's lots of reasons why existing well-established companies would want to take advantage of an SBA loan. And number one on my list is we enable the lender to give much longer loan terms than they otherwise would be able to do. Longer loan terms means lower monthly payments. Lots of big established businesses are looking for that kind of relief when they're in a growth mode.
0: Yeah. You mentioned what, 25 years you guys will amortize a loan over?
1: Yeah. 25. 25- That's substantial. Years.
0: That's substantial because if if I think to a lot of commercial loans, maybe getting 20 years, right? Probably most of the time 10, but even then what ballooning every five. So you got to refinance every five years.
1: Not so with us, 25 years straight, 25 years straight. the, The lender could, you know, have a rate call, which is fine. You know, we understand that, but the term itself, you've got the full 25 years. You don't have to refinance it every five years with a balloon payment. It's just straight 25 years. See,
0: Mike, I'm a, I'm I'm an entrepreneur at heart. So you tell me, you said the 504 program was that the name of the, the the number call for the other program for the
1: fixed asset loan program. Yeah.
0: So let's say I'm a farmer and I want to buy um, some machinery, right? Because you know, industrial right now and farm and agriculture in our economy right now is the the sector to be in. We'll call it. Do you what What are you guys seeing from that perspective? Do you guys, you know, let's say I got a five hundred thousand dollar tractor, I need to I need to finance. Is that something you can help out with?
1: Not on the 504 side, on the 504 side, rule of thumb for machinery, as long as it doesn't have wings or wheels, we're good to go. But you could look at the 7A side, you know, say like a tractor with an estimated useful life of 20 years. Okay, we can live with that. 20 years is what we could do. Um, So, yeah.
0: Okay, so the 504, so we're talking machinery in the sense of, let's say I want to start a hops business, right, a, a hops farm, and I need a, an inside mill to process all those hops. That's where I'm at, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, we've seen lots of, you know, uh, speaking of hops, uh, you know that North Carolina is like ground zero for craft breweries. Uh, walk into any of the breweries of, of some of the best known uh, craft brewers in the state Chances are those huge vats were financed SBA five oh four.
0: What about CBD? What are where are you guys at with hemp? Are you will are you able to lend on hemp or no?
1: That is a good question. Uh, there was a new regulation that came out on that. And I'm forgetting what exactly the particulars are. Yeah. I think
0: I think North Carolina is poised for hemp now, Mike. Come on. We know we know some of the agriculture programs going on at NC State University are looking pretty good right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I forget. I forget exactly where where we are. We are a federal agency, right? after all, so I forget. I yeah. thought
0: I could trick you for a second there, Mike, but you're too sharp for me.
1: You yeah, <laughs> almost did. And uh, yeah, it's been a little bit tough keeping up with all the changes, you know, having been in COVID relief mode the last 18 months. But we're trying. <laughs>
0: We'll, we'll talk to me about COVID relief, Mike, because we're what we're we're almost two years into this pandemic at this point, and, and 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 so what's the SBA been doing, right? Because there's a lot of talk about CARES Act money, right, and all this other kind of stuff. But but I know SBA is working hard behind the scenes. What do you guys got going on?
1: Okay, so let me give you a quick recap. PPP probably our most famous loan because, provided you use it for payroll and eligible expenses, you can get the whole thing forgiven. Uh, we've done 18 billion dollars worth of PPP loans just in the span of the PPP life cycle itself. So that was from last April maybe to about May of this year, about a year's worth of PPP loans. In a in a usual year, we do uh, like one billion. So that's 18 years worth of PPP loans smashed into the into the span of one year. And is that so federal a or state, Brian? Is that Sorry? federal or state? A federal, yeah. 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 A lot of money. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. In the state of North Carolina, we've done 18 billion, 18
0: billion in the state of North Carolina Carolina alone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Usually, like I said, usually we do one billion in a non-COVID loan environment. Uh, So that's over and done with. Everybody is going forward with their forgiveness of those loans. Um, The Economic Injury Disaster Loan, which is the only direct SBA loan that you can get these days, those are still available and we bumped up the limit to 2 million and folks can apply through December 31st but get your applications in now don't wait. We still have those economic injury disaster loan free money advances of 10,000 and if you qualify an additional 5,000. Those are also still available available until December 31st so you can apply for those as well. Then there's the specialty kind of programs the restaurant revitalization fund that went as everybody expected went like that, super huge demand and uh, obviously inadequate funding. Uh, where do we stand with that? I know that there's lots of clamor on the part of the restaurant industry to get Congress to appropriate more, more money. And that that I'm gonna leave in their hands because we're, <laughs> we're the executive branch. We do whatever Congress gives us. You all sort it out in terms of the, the discussion and the policy making. And when you've made your decision, just know that we're here, ready to uh, continue to, uh, to go forward with that. And those were grants. The Restaurant Revitalization Funds was, was grants. Those were free money. And finally, there was the Shuttered Venue Operators Grant, which we've, we've helped hundreds of live entertainment venues, museums, theaters, and such throughout the state of North Carolina. And those are, are, being, are being wound down, uh, you know, as we speak. So, yeah, we've done a lot. And throughout the pandemic, we've been um, uh, pretty much working remotely all this time, but I would dare say as a result of this remote work, the convenience of being able to log on early and log off as late as you need to has made us really productive in terms of being able to respond to all the emails and all the phone calls that we've been getting. It has not stopped. Our folks have been all in since day one, And, uh, you know, bless them for being fully on board.
0: Yeah, that's that's a that's a it's been a long road, right? I think I think we got so caught up in 2020, we forgot where 2021 went, right? We're already in fourth quarter, approaching 2022 really fast. And and my gosh, you mentioned concerts and live venues. I was so excited. My wife and I, we went to our first concert in over a year last weekend at um, PNC. We went to see Zach Brown Band, and one of our favorite bands. So it was so great to be able to get back inside of a venue and, and to be a um, you know get some just time away from the kids, right? Grandma was babysitting a little bit for us, which was nice to be able to get out of the house for a little bit, right? And then we're coming up again on another concert at Comcast. So we're very excited to get back into the flow of things. I think people are excited, right? So it's nice to to kind of have a little bit of that coming back the right way, which is, it, it's good. So I'm sure the business owners and, and, and all the jobs associated with it, right? Think about all the jobs associated with live venues and entertainment. My gosh, the people that have been out of work for so long. Long.
1: And long. let me let me say another word about live entertainment venues and, and shuttered venues. Um, when you have a live venue in particular, and this is most important to our smaller cities and towns, that live entertainment venue tends to be the anchor of lots and lots of other economic activity going up and down that main street. Because when those folks come to that venue, they spend money at the bars, at the restaurants, and the shops. When those venues shut down, the whole town pretty much shut down as well because their customers weren't weren't patronizing the surrounding businesses. So yeah, SBA fully understood the implications of that. And and like I said, it's it's most acute for our smaller cities and towns. Definitely hurts us in Charlotte and Raleigh and, and Greensboro as well, but more acutely felt in the smaller cities and towns in North Carolina. So, yeah, for that reason, we were just happy that it rolled out and we did what we can to help, too.
0: You know, I think even to, like, the Lexington Barbecue Festival, right, Mike? I think about the excitement that I didn't get to enjoy in 2020 over that, right? And and. And, and all of the things related to transportation, right? You get into transportation in the middle of all this, too, and the trickle-down effect of all of that. So there's just so many ties to the economic stature of an area and the venues and the people, right? And, and it's always going to be about people at the end of the day. And that's what I think is unique about the Small Business Administration is that it focuses on the people, and that's a nice aspect um, it's not just about dollars and cents and numbers. It's about hey, you have an idea, we want to support that, and that's nice to hear from a government entity. So, thank you for that,
1: Mike. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's a mission that we all believe in. We're happy to do the job uh, at a time when our folks need us the most. So, yeah, we're all in, man.
0: Mike, what do you what do you think people should? What do you think is the most underutilized aspect of SBA? Where do you, where do you, would you recommend someone? Hey, you want to start with something? This is we, we always get this feedback, right? Or at some point, so much percentage ends or stops the equation here. What do people need to know?
1: Uh, OK, um, uh, I think you started to say, you know, like the un- underutilized, yeah. or underutilized aspect of SBA. Um, I would probably say, and you're just starting up, probably score, not just score, but probably score, because those folks really, I mean, their area of expertise is in helping You know, as we call the tire kickers, those who might be interested, but maybe might want to refine their idea or those who, you know, they have the idea. They're all set. They just want to make sure that they're on the right path. Score is an excellent resource for them. They would probably not appreciate me calling them underutilized because our chapter here in Charlotte is huge. (laughs) I think we've got close to 100 mentors. Wow. uh, Just with the Charlotte chapter. Raleigh is also very large. And some of our other areas, Asheville. Although Asheville is, is a smaller city because it's real popular, and we've got very successful retirees out there wanting to sharpen their skills, they've got a huge chapter of about 50 counselors too. So not a small chapter at all. Um, and they're available, these are volunteers. I mean, they don't even get paid, but they do that, you know, just as a means of giving back to their community. But also staying active and you know, keeping their, their, their minds active and fresh and getting the charge out of dealing, especially with the young ones. I know that they really like that.
0: And then the second piece of the question being, for the entrepreneur that is going through the process, where do you see the blockage most of the time, right? Like they get to a certain point of, let's say, borrowing some some funding or applying for a grant. Where would you recommend them to really focus on and where you see weaknesses in the applicants?
1: Yeah. <clears throat> One thing to say on that is, we don't expect every small business loan applicant, every small business owner, to be able to go through the paperwork uh, process with the passion of a CPA. <laughs> that's what your bookkeepers are for. We expect y'all to be experts at your passion as, as a small business owner, whether that's uh, good at cooking, you know, uh, as you look to start your restaurant or good at, um, uh, I don't know, Uh purchasing nice kinds of products for your gift store. We expect you to be the experts in that line of business. But for, you know, in terms of filling the gaps, check out some of our resources as well, because many of them do have capital formation goals. Their goal, you know, part of their goals is to help folks like you get financing so they can sit down with you and say, well, here, let me check out the form. Oh, you missed this box. Or, oh, this isn't what SBA is looking for. You should actually answer this Answer this question this way, or "Eh, we need to kind of format your financial statements this way so it's more easily readable. So that is their mission to help folks access capital. And so those folks are the experts in the paperwork aspect of it. You know, one thing about starting and running a business is it need not be a journey in solitude. It need not be a journey in solitude because the SBA has a wealth of resources in our own office, but also through our resource partners, more importantly, to help folks.
0: Mike, if you and I were starting a restaurant together, what uh, what would our type of restaurant be? What, what do you think? Are, is there a particular type of food you go for? Should we do a multi theme kind of place? Right? We need like a Coco Cabana. I feel like in, in our area. Right? There's nothing like that anymore. Like dinner and a show, Mike. What are we What are we going to do when we start our restaurant together?
1: Yeah. Are you kind of uh, quizzing me to see, hey, what's the need out there that needs to be filled?
0: <laughs> Mike, nothing gets past you, Mike. Nothing gets yeah, past
1: yeah. you. I'll tell you what. I mean, I, I kind of consider myself a foodie. Charlotte is just wonderful uh, in terms of the variety of menus that are available. And that's just a ref- reflection of the diversity of the state. I love going to all the ethnic restaurants. That's my passion here. So uh, I can't think of a... Of an, although we don't have a Burmese restaurant. I like mm-hmm. Burmese food. Um, uh, <laughs> now. Get your applications in now, right? <laughs> might that, that succeed? Really hard to say, you know, in, in Charlotte, because I mean, we've sewn up the Vietnamese restaurants, the Chinese, the Japanese, and all that, all that. We have a few Korean restaurants. We could use a few more in my mind, but um, you know, kind of baby steps. You know, before we start getting fancy with like the, the truly exotic kinds of cuisines like, like Burmese, which, you know, I love. But is Charlotte ready for that? That's one thing as a small business owner, you really have to get a handle on. Is to what extent are my personal biases clouding my, you know, rational judgment? Oh, you know, what's good for me? I know this person will buy that product. Well, how do you know that? Have you tested it? Have you kind of sat down with a focus group? You know, just because, you know, Jennifer likes her, you know, whatever X, Y, Z earrings, does she think that everybody else is going to be able to like it so much such, such that they're going to patronize her store? Maybe, maybe not. That's where we would kind of rely on her knowledge of the market by doing things like testing it out at maybe these, um, you know, pop-up boutiques and, and such. So, um, so that's a very important to make, uh, especially to our would-be entrepreneurs is be careful, uh, of uh, your personal predilections that you bring to the table that might not fit for everybody else.
0: It, it, it's hard because we we get emotionally connected to things, right? We put so much time and effort and passion into things and we can get so narrow-minded that we are not seeing, okay, the market as a whole. And we do, we're talking about business, right? So you've got to really define your target, your market, um Multi-year plans, right? I think that's an underutilizing. We're so focused right now on day-to-day in the business world because everyone, even existing businesses, is trying to figure out what's going to happen, right? But we still have to try to create some type of accurate prediction models for years to come. And that's hard. That takes skill and time.
1: Yeah. And that's why we've got resource partners to help with your business plan. Let me say a word about business plans. I mean, this is you transferring your knowledge, your passion, your research onto, you know, various sheets of paper so that you can give that to your counselor and your lender and they can evaluate. Uh, they can evaluate your loan prospect based on that. I think that's a very important point to make because when you go to apply for a business loan, it is not personal. Lenders only deal in documents, right? We only deal in documents because, you know, if something goes wrong. Well, you know, I did review the business plan, boss. I mean. Their projections did seem pretty reasonable. They sensitized it, you know, for, you know, best case, worst case scenario and realistic scenario. And I thought they actually had a shot. But there was this thing that happened, you know, out of the blue that kind of, you know, caused that business operation to go under. And that's why, boss, we're faced with a 50% write-off of the loan. (laughs) Lenders only deal in documents. It's not a personal thing. They only deal in documents because they need to be able to justify Their loan decision to their boss. That's all. That's all. It's it's all about really.
0: And that's how you eliminate the bias, right? If, If you if you take the names off the table, right? You take the the individual people, and let's say the way they look or whatever, and you look at it on paper. Does it make sense? it's one of the easiest ways to make sure it's not biased and that that's a good model. There's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? So that's, that's good. So.
1: Although I will say also, you know, lending is about relationships. Oh yeah. So the face to face is super important. So, you know, wear a coat and tie, you know, shine your shoes, put your best face forward, be respectful, be open to what your lender has has to say, because that lender has been lending tons of money, to small businesses before you showed up. And, and it's that those years of experience that are kind of um, uh, uh, sort of providing context to the conversation that you're gonna have with them.
0: Well, it goes back to the very first C you said, Mike, character. Character at the end of the day is always what's gonna control businesses. your personal character. And that's good. Yeah, for so, sure. Mike Ariola with uh, USSBA, the district director. Do I call you the district director, Mike? What should I call you? District director. Yeah, District of North Carolina, which right now is booming, Mike. We're doing pretty good in North Carolina, but we want to welcome as many businesses as we can. We like business in North Carolina. We want more of it here. If you've got an idea, reach out to the SBA. Look, Listen to all the resources Mike uh, has provided us with today. Mike, what's the best site for people to get to to get to you?
1: sba.gov nc.
0: There we go. They even abbreviated North Carolina for us, Mike and his team did, just to make it that much more simplistic of getting to. Mike, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it and hope to speak with you again soon.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Pleasure to be with you.